A while back I was just sitting and talking with someone about what I might uh, discuss on these broadcasts in the days to come, and he suggested to me that uh, a number of the listeners might be interested in hearing something about some of the basic counseling ideas that are abroad today, and that I might discuss these not from the viewpoint of the technician or the counselor or anything of that nature, but really from the viewpoint of the consumer, we might say, or the person who uh, might have to get involved in counseling, so that they might be able to identify what is on the market, what you could find down at the grocery store today, and uh, that they might be able to make a, an intelligent and good selection uh, from the products that are there on the shelves. Well, I thought that was a pretty good idea, so I thought I'd give it a whirl, and we'll uh, we'll talk about this for a little while over a, a few broadcasts and see just exactly what it is that might be of most help to you as you have to think about this problem for yourself or perhaps for someone else. Now, let me say at the very outset that God is in the business of counseling, and do God does his counseling through the scriptures. The scriptures qualify the minister to be a counselor. And I'm going to say on every broadcast, while I talk about these various viewpoints, that it is the minister of God who has this obligation. In 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17, we read that all scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, in order that, the man of God, and that means the minister, may be adequate, equipped for every good work. God has put the minister in the business of changing lives through his word. You see, the scriptures are profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, and those are the four steps of change that people need in their lives. And those scriptures make him adequate and equip him for this work fully. Now, Having said that, you're, of course, going to have to judge what it is that the minister is doing or what it is that any other counselor who purports to be a counselor in line with the Word of God is doing. And, you see, it's not just a simple matter of going to a minister these days and finding that he is uh, able and willing to do biblical counseling. Many ministers over the years have been brainwashed they have been taught in conferences and seminaries and various other places that they are unable to do counseling and that uh, the only people who can do counseling are specialists. And so they will want to send you off to a marriage counselor who is a specialist or to a psychiatrist who is a specialist or to a psychoanalyst who is a specialist or a psychologist who is a specialist or somebody else who is a specialist. Now... If a minister sends someone to a physician in order to get medical help, that makes sense. But if he sends someone to a psychiatrist or psychologist or someone else who does not really believe in the Word of God and who is not equipped to give biblical instruction, that does not make sense. And you had better be aware of that possibility to begin with. But now, even if the minister himself decides to counsel you, you're going to have to be very clear about what kind of counseling he's giving you. If he talks to you 
from the word of God and bases everything that he says upon the scriptures, you can be very sure that he is in the right direction. Now, he may not always interpret the scriptures properly, but at least this man is willing to turn to the word of God as his authority and his source of information and help for people in trouble. But if he leaves his Bible closed on the desk, if he begins to talk to you about other matters, if he starts asking you about your past, and not in the light of the scriptures, but your past in terms of who did what to you, if he begins to discuss uh, traumatic experiences, let us say, or he begins to talk about other questions uh, in such jargon as that, uh, neurosis or uh, uh, psychosis or schizophrenia or paranoia or any other kinds of words like these, you had better steer clear of that kind of counseling because these words grow out of viewpoints that are not biblical. And so what I'm going to try to do over uh, the next few broadcasts is to try to acquaint you with some of those unbiblical viewpoints, try to show you what is wrong with them, and try to bring you to a biblical understanding of what ought to be done about problems instead. Now, look out then for jargon and psychological or psychiatric language, particularly when it comes from the lips of a pastor. A pastor who knows what he's talking about uses biblical language and uses language that's easily understood by you as well as by him. But if he comes in with this kind of an expert knowledge approach with all the jargon and all of the ideas that only the experts know, and he either sends you off to one of these, quotes, more professional people, end quotes, or wants to do this more professional job himself, now having had all this specialized training in psychoanalysis or psychology or psychiatry or whatever else that it may be, then you had better steer clear of such a pastor or such a counselor. What you're interested in is someone who will turn you to the Word of God to solve your problems there because God's Word has the answers that you need, and the Bible was given as a book to help you to solve those difficulties. It is not true that only the experts know, and it is not true that only the experts can solve your problem. You can find the answers to your problem in the Word of God, and what you're interested in a pastor doing for you when you have a difficulty is that pastor pointing you to passages in the Word of God that you did not understand before, did not know where they were. And now he is opening them up to you, not just showing you where they are, not just quoting them to you, not just tearing a page of Bible out with a word of prayer and giving it to you and saying, take this three times a day like aspirin, but he is really digging into the Word of God to understand what God says about your problem. And of course, he's interested in digging into your problem to find out what the problem is so that he can bring the appropriate passages of Scripture to it. So, we're going to then head out on this tack to see what it is that people might do that is not biblical, that what people might say that is not true. What are some of the viewpoints of counseling that you might run into and that you might be wary of should you encounter them? I am hoping in this way to keep you from getting into more severe trouble and more serious difficulties than you were in before. And so over the next few broadcasts, as I say, 
we're going to discuss some of the major ways in which people might counsel you if you were to seek counseling or if you were to send a loved one for counseling. And by the way, if a counselor won't let you sit in with your husband or won't let you sit in with your wife or won't let you sit in with your child, you should want to know why. There is no reason at all in this world why you, as an interested party who wants to seek help and who is as close to that person or closer than anyone else in this world, should not sit in. If they say, well, this would break the transference, you're already uh, going to be wary because of the jargon that you hear. So here are just then a few beginning suggestions and things that you can watch out for, and in the days to come, I want to tell you about some others. Lord, help us, we pray, to be careful about how we seek help. For Christ's sake, amen.